Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. Join us now as Pastor Keith shares today's message. You know, all of us have problems, but um, some problems are million-dollar problems. You know, I spend a lot of my time assuring uh, people, assuring you that uh, our God is, is so aware of you that uh, He is concerned with the, the, the day-in and day-out living that you face, that He, he is, uh, uh, does care and will help you manage your life with two preschool, preschoolers and a spouse who travels, uh, that He will, uh, believe it or not, uh, and does care about helping you survive the adolescent years of your son. And uh, he does. He does. He will. He will help us, and, and is aware of the uh, the minute details of our lives. But there are some things in life that are much bigger than the realities of our our day in and day out living. Right? And they come to us. Million dollar problems, pressures, problems. A lifelong friend of mine contracted AIDS. Uh, he had been working out of state for uh, a number of years uh, and contracted the disease. He finally became too sick that he could no longer care for himself, um, could no longer live by himself. And so he moved home uh, to be cared for by his, his aging parents. Uh, neither he nor they initially could say the words out loud could say the word AIDS. He just couldn't bear to say it because uh, uh, they were afraid. They were, he, he was afraid of being isolated. He was afraid of being uh, rejected and outcast by, by family or by neighbors or by old friends or, or not afraid of not being spoken to, um, never being afraid of never being touched again by another human being. And the word spread. And it spread quickly. Uh, the, 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 the guilt of sin was a reality that he admitted. And uh, that added to the weight of the problem. Uh, to be considered also sinful. To be considered by many also to, to be unclean. Um, it was hard. I received a request from him long distance one day if I would come visit him. He wanted to speak to me. And so I arranged and, and made the trip. And uh, one spring afternoon on a beautiful day about like today, I, I spent the afternoon by his bedside in his home. And uh, he was very weak. He was very sick at that time, uh, very thin. Uh, he cut right to the chase. He wanted to talk about Jesus. He wanted to talk to me about Jesus. And um, he was downcast. He was discouraged. He, he wanted to know. Here was his question. He said, can I, is it even possible for me to put my hope in Jesus? And even possible, can I depend upon Jesus? Because there was no one else to help him. Um, he told me uh, that he felt like an outcast, that he was somewhat of an outcast. He was isolated. He was lonely. Many, cons many considered him to be sinful. 
And he said, and I am one of them. I consider myself to be sinful. He, he told, these are his words. He said, I contracted this disease because I knowingly and willingly disobeyed God. Just listen. And um, he was weary. He was tired of the consequences and the, the, the tribulations that had come from his uh, sickness. He was, he was dying and uh, he couldn't see a way through. He, and he said again, can I, can I approach Jesus? Can Jesus possibly forgive me? Can he, am I, do, I have, uh, do I have any hope? Would you, everybody else is afraid to touch me. Will Jesus touch me? Said. See, some problems are million dollar problems. They are. There was a man much like this who came to Jesus one day when all seemed hopeless for him. And his story is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. It's also found in Matthew, chapter 8, verses 2 through 4. It's also found in Luke, chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. This was such a significant event in the life, the person and the life and the ministry of Jesus that three out of the four Gospel writers wrote about it, made it into the Bible three times. Uh, I'm, I'm primarily going to look at Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. If you've got your Bibles, let's, let's look at that. But let me read this uh, account from a, a harmony of the Gospels um, by Johnston Cheney. Uh, he did a good job with this, and here it goes. You listen along. This is God's Word. And it came to pass that while he was in one of the cities, that's Jesus in one of the cities, behold, a man who was full of leprosy, when he saw Jesus, came to him, beseeching him. And kneeling down, he fell on his face and worshipped, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, reached out his hand and touched him, saying to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And the leprosy instantly left him, and he was healed. Then he, he Jesus, sternly enjoined him and immediately dismissed him saying, see that you tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and for your cleansing, make the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But when he went out, he began to tell it freely and announced the news far and wide. So Jesus, the fame of Jesus was spread broad all the more so that he could no longer go openly into a city, but remained out in the solitary places. And great multitudes were gathered from every quarter to hear and be healed of their infirmities. But he himself, Jesus, he himself kept withdrawing into the wilderness and praying. Now in the, in the, in the first year of the ministry of Jesus, uh, he spent a major portion of that time uh, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God all over his home region of Galilee. Uh, he, he preached that the, the good news or, or the kingdom of God uh, had come. In, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he 
tells us what was the message of the gospel. What did he preach? He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is right up in your face. It's come near. It's right within your grasp now. What you've been looking forward to and imagining for our people for thousands of years is, is right here. And, and here's what you should do. Repent and believe. He said, the, the, repent of your sin and believe in me. Believe in Jesus. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. And so he, he preached the gospel. He went throughout the towns of Galilee uh, healing people of their sicknesses. Uh, he, he cast demons out of uh, many people. Uh, and in one of those cities, as that was happening, a man, this man, full of leprosy, came to Jesus. And let me talk about leprosy for a moment. If you really want to understand what I'm talking about, those of you who have a tablet, go to Google Images right now. Type in leprosy. Okay? I thought I put it on the screen, but I decided not to. But uh, I want you to... This is, this is not acne. Okay? I mean, some of us, when we were adolescents, thought we had terminal acne, but it, this is not... When you say a skin disease... Um, Leprosy was the most feared disease in the world at the time that Jesus walked the planet. It was the most terrible of all diseases. Uh, One type of leprosy began with little nodules on the the skin that would quickly become, I mean cover you, but quickly become ulcerated and then would begin to give off a discharge and then the discharge would become foul-smelling, be covered. the eyebrows would then fall out. The eyes would become staring. Uh, the vocal cords would become ulcerated. And, and uh, the voice would become hoarse and breath would become uh, uh, in wheezes. Everyone's hands and feet would ulcerate. The tendons would draw and so that the hands would become like claws and the toes would draw like um, Clause. Slowly, the sufferer from leprosy would become an entire mass of ulcerated growths. And the average uh, course of this kind of leprosy would last about eight or nine years, uh, move to mental decay, then move to coma, then death. Uh, or there was another type of leprosy that would begin with a, a, a loss of sensation in some extremity, some part of the body, the nerve trunks in the body are affected, the muscles waste away, the tendons contract again, hands like claws, uh, ulceration of hands and feet would continue. Then there would become the progressive loss of, of digits, fingers and toes, until eventually entire hands and feet would drop off. Um, the duration of this kind of leprosy is 20 to 30 years of suffering. Uh, it's a kind of terrible progressive death where uh, a person, a man or a woman, literally would die by inches. Now, the physical condition of the leper in Jesus' day was not even the worst part. The worst was the social isolation of the, of, of the leper. Um, Lepers were treated as if they were dead men. They literally were the walking dead uh, in that day. And they would, um, because immediately when leprosy was diagnosed, by law, 
the leper was banished from all social contact, had to leave town, had to leave home, had to leave family, had to leave the city and dwell outside the city outside the city gate. Uh, they, they had to go about with, with torn clothes, with their hair unkept, with a covering over their upper lip, usually because their upper lip had fallen off. And a covering over their upper lip, and as anyone approached, they had to yell, Unclean! They had to self-identify constantly if they were inside of another human being as, I am unclean. Don't come near. Don't come near. Uh, for all human purposes, they might as well have been dead. Outcast, shut off, shunned. Uh, they were In Jesus' day, they were prohibited from all walled cities. Uh, the Jewish law gave 61 different contacts that could defile a person. In other words, made them unfit to worship God. That's what it meant by defile a person. Uh, the number one was contact with a corpse or any, any corpse, human or animal. Right on the heels of that was the leper. If you had contact with a leper, uh, that was seen as most defiling. You, if you had contact with a leper, you could not worship God in the Jewish setting until you went through ceremonial cleansing. This is bad stuff. Now, if a leper even stuck their head into a house, the house itself was considered ceremonially, spiritually unclean from the floor to the rafters. And there had to be a ritual cleansing uh, of the house. Uh, it was illegal even to greet a leper. If, if the wind was blowing towards a person, a leper by law had to stand at least 150 feet away. Never has there been a disease that so separated a man or a woman from their fellow human beings, from their family, from their faith family, from society, as leprosy did. It, and it was looked upon by the Jewish faith at that time as a particular, now watch this, as a particular sign of God's judgment on the sin of that individual. That they had sinned and, and were unrepentant and God had judged them he was displeased with them. Now, right or wrong, right or wrong, we, you know, the prevailing belief of the day uh, of Jesus was that leprosy was a sign of God's displeasure, judgment on sin. It was associated with shame. It was associated with horror. It was associated um, with guilt. Uh, the leper hated, was hated by others to, until they finally hated themselves. This is the guy that approached Jesus. This is a man who'd not just been diagnosed with leprosy, just, just heard the bad word. It said he was, look at what does it say? Full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he came to him. He broke every law, every social and, and, and uh, religious uh, barrier. He came to Jesus. He came, now note, and he came just as he was. Leprous. Shunned, cut off, cast out, just as he was. He didn't clean up. He didn't wait until he could change his circumstances because he couldn't change his circumstances. He came to Jesus just as he was. And you can too. That's the way we come. Just as we are. You can do it. You, you might feel right now, you might feel shunned, cut off from, from God for whatever reason or, or distant from God. You may feel shut off or from, from God's people. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons you can, some of your own doing, some because of the culture's doing. 
because you, you may feel outcast or far from God because you're too poor or maybe you're too rich or maybe you're of the wrong race or you're biracial or maybe you're sexually immoral or maybe you've uh, you got a criminal record or maybe your marriage is dissolving or maybe you're just having hard times. Maybe you can't speak the language. I mean, who, they can, all kind of reasons you can feel distant from the people of God and from uh, from God, but you can come just as you are, like this guy did. And you come to Dogwood Church just as you are. You know, there are no, uh, as, as, as Pastor Chad said, we exist to love God and love people while making more and better followers of Christ. There are no perfect people here. There are no perfect people allowed into the kingdom of God. There are no perfect people allowed to attend services at Dogwood uh, Church. But But shunned people are welcomed by both. Outcast people are welcomed by both. Uh, repentant, sinful, messed up, goofed up people are welcome uh, here and, and by, by uh, Jesus. You know why? Because that's the only kind of people that can come. It's the only kind of people who exist. Now, so come as you are. I'd say come as you are to Jesus. Come as you are to, to this church to begin to check out Christ. But watch this. Don't stay that way. Jesus says, come as you are, but don't stay that way. I won't let you stay that way. Now look at this. This man full of leprosy didn't intend to stay the way he was. He came to Jesus with hope. Now look at verse 40. He came beseeching him and kneeling down. He fell on his face saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There's something really strange when when we find ourselves with million-dollar problems that cause us to feel distant from God or distant from God's people. We, we, We... have a tendency to fall into kind of a reverse pride so that we begin to judge God and other people and hold God and Jesus and other people at arm's length. Let me say, that would be a mistake. But it's a mistake that this man did not make. He did not make it. Um, he, he ran to Jesus as he saw him as the source of hope for a hopeless situation and possibly his only chance. Look at how he's described. He came beseeching Jesus. That means he came begging, he came pleading, he came imploring. This was not some little nice, polite, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. This was begging Jesus. He came kneeling, which is the universal position of prayer. He came falling on his face, one of the gospel writers says, which is, which is a, the, the, the position of, of uh, submission and of, of worship and of dependence. And then he called him Lord. He, he recognized Jesus was not your ordinary guy, not your, your, your run-of-the-mill guy, that he probably was not just a man. He worshipped Jesus here. He recognized Jesus for who He was and what He was. It reminds me of the exhortation that that God gives to you and me in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, where He says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You come to Jesus. I, I like how Eugene Peterson paraphrased that verse. He says, So let's walk right up to Him. And get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Now that's what that's what this guy uh, did. He prayed to Jesus. He asked for help. Now think about this for just a moment. Uh, if the prevailing thought of the day was that God gave leprosy to people, to sinful people, as judgment that God gave it. It was also the prevailing the day, uh, the prevailing thought of the day that only God could take it away. 
And so this man, full of leprosy, came to Jesus expecting him to take it away. That says something about who he thought Jesus was. He thought he might be the Messiah. In other words, he thought he might be the one that had been prophesied, the God who would step out of heaven in the form of a man, that he might be the God-man, fully God, fully man, uh, all in one person. And he was betting his life on it. Only God can take this away. I think he might be him. And so he prayed. He prayed a very specific prayer. Look at the request he prayed. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, he was certain of the ability of Jesus. You can do this. Not if you can do this. You can do this. He was certain of the power. Now, remember the prayer we learned uh, last fall in the, the gospel series about God's love for us? He said, we measure His power by the, to help us by what? The resurrection. Lord, I will, as I pray, I will measure your willingness to uh, uh, your compassion to help us by your death on the cross, and I will measure your ability by your resurrection from the dead. He, he, he was firmly assured of the power of Jesus to heal him. You can do this. Now, what he didn't know was whether it was God's will or not. If you are willing, you can make me clean. You know, he really prayed a lot like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane as He was approaching the crucifixion. That famous prayer, Lord, if it's possible, would You take this cup from me? But not my will, but Thy will be done, O Lord. I know You can. Will You? That, that's good praying. We don't doubt the power of God, but we don't always know what is best for us and for all of mankind, because we're related to them all. He prayed that way. Well, the, he, he expressed great belief, and he came to Jesus just as he was. He didn't intend to stay that way. He intended to change, and for the better. And, and we must do the same. You and I need to know that we can come to Jesus, and we can come to His people just as we are, but He does not leave us that way. We can't stay that way. He intends to change us, to transform us, for the better. He transforms and He heals people best in community with other believers. That's why the church family is so important. He's willing to change you for the better. And, and you can know this because He feels very deeply about you. You might feel far from Him and feel like God is far, far away, but you are mistaken. He is closer to you than your hands and your feet and nearer to you than your very breath. And He feels compassion for you. That's what He did with this man. Look, it says, and Jesus... Moved with compassion. Now, compassion is a word that's, that literally is translated to be moved in the inward parts. That's what, that's what that means. It, means. it means to feel in your gut the suffering of others. It, it means to feel like you've been hit in the gut. It's some of the, one of the reasons that many of you are glad I didn't put the photos of lepers on the screen because you don't want to feel that bad. You know, we'd rather, we, we get mad at people for showing us reality rather than the fact that it, there's that stuff, oh, don't make me feel bad. What do you mean? Ugh! Oh, that's too painful to hear. That's compa- Jesus felt compassion for this man. And here's what he did amazing. He reached out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am will, I am willing, I'm willing, be cleansed. 
and the leprosy instantly left him and he was healed. Circle that word instantly. Sometimes Jesus heals by processes that He created in our bodies in conjunction with His gift of great medical care that He's provided. He, he did that. That's some of God's goodness. Much fewer times in the Scriptures we see, and even today in miracles, where He heals miraculously. What I mean by that is He, he uh, trumps, he, over, he oversteps His own laws of nature that He created and causes instantaneous healing. Well, before their very eyes, all of a sudden, all those ulcers with the foul-smelling discharge cleared up and lost fingers and toes and ears and eyelids and eyebrows were restored to health in front, right there in front of Jesus and everybody. Instantly, it left Him and He was healed. Now, there's no, there's no more amazing statement to the Jew of His day than this one. Jesus put forth His hand and touched Him. You didn't touch a leper, remember? This is the man that Jesus touched. And since leprosy was supposed to come from God's hand, it could only be removed by God's hand. And this man full of leprosy thought that Christ just might be the Messiah, and He was, and He delivered the man from His disease. He was not beyond the help of Christ and you know, I don't know all you're facing, but you're not beyond the help of Jesus either. You are not. You are not. He restored him to the fellowship of God's people. Look at this. He said, see that you tell no one. I, there are many reasons for that, but here's what he told him to do. Go and show yourself to the priest and your, and your cleansing and make the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Just let me very quickly say, make a note. Leviticus 14. Leviticus chapter 14. You can go back later today and read what this ceremony was. It, it, was, a, it was a spiritual worship exercise uh, where uh, a healed leper uh, went through with the, with the priest that, that, that publicly acknowledged and restored them to full... Uh, acknowledged full fellowship with the God that we worship and restored them to full fellowship in the faith community. They were welcomed back into the community. And that's what he, that's what he does. He reconciles. When we come to Jesus, He reconciles us with God and He reconciles us with people, with each other. Now some of you, He heals us on the inside, heals us of our sin, and sometimes He heals us of our diseases if we ask Him. Some problems are million-dollar problems. And if you have one of those right now, I'd run to Jesus as quick as I can. We're going to give you the opportunity to do that. Some of you would ask me right now, well, Keith, what must I do, what must I do to be healed of my sin that separates me from God and from other, other people. Well, the same th two things we found in Mark chapter 1, verse 15 that Jesus said. You must do two things. You must repent of your sin and place your faith in Jesus. Now, first you repent of your sin. That means that you admit. Your own, you change your mind about your own sinfulness. You admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior that you have been living, let's just, get, let's just be dirt honest here, that you have been living in open revolt against the rule of, of God over your life. 
I'm in charge of me and you're not. And that you now grieve that and you repent of that and you turn from it just like uh, just like a soldier marching down the drill field and the ma- command is given to the rear march, immediately they turn and go in the opposite direction. You turn and you go toward Jesus. You must repent of your sin. Second, you must believe in Jesus. That means that you, not, that, that you first of all, you believe that Jesus is God come in the flesh and that He in, went innocently to the cross and died on the cross for your sin because of your sin, in place of you, in order to make appropriate payment for your sin and atone for your sin so that you don't have to if you put your trust in Him. And that you believe that He rose from the dead, proving that He had the power to do the very thing that He claimed He would do. Not only that you believe that, but that you also put your active trust in Him and ask Him to apply that to you personally, to forgive you of your sin to come into your heart and life and give you His gift of eternal life, to make you a new person, to reconcile you to God. And you commit, as best as you understand it, your life and your eternity into the hands of Jesus. Now, for those of you who do that, there's a third step, and that is that you celebrate your faith in Christ by being baptized as a believer. We're going to do that again in the next couple of weeks right here. Then that says that I am not ashamed for anyone to know that I love and have now trusted Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. That's what that means. Now, others of you here are saying, Keith, I've got some of those million-dollar problems. Some of you would say, I need, I, need, I need physical healing, like that leper. I'm sick. Some of this temporary, some of it life-threatening. Some of you would say, I'm, I'm emotionally damaged and I need emotional healing. Some of you say, I'm suffering from some, some form of mental illness, and I, I need healing. Some of you would say, I have relationships that are broken and sick, whether it's marriage or kids or whatever, and, and our marriage needs healing. What must I do? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the opportunity just to come boldly to Jesus and ask for His healing. Now, you say, well, how's, how's that work? Sometimes Jesus heals us and sometimes He doesn't. It all depends on what He thinks best. But He typically wants us to ask Him. And so I've asked our staff members, our pastors and staff members, I've asked our elders, uh, some of our Stephen ministers to, to come. And you guys can go ahead and take your places to line up across the front, line down the sides of this uh, room, across the back. Some of you take your positions across the front of the balcony uh, there. And um, if you need healing and you'd like for someone to pray for you, then here's what I want you to do. The music's going to start in just a moment, and uh, I'm going to lead in prayer. You just get up from where you're seated, come to one of these men or women, and here's what they'll do. They'll, they will ask you, how, how would you like for me to pray for you? You tell them what you want them to pray for you, then they will pray to the Lord Jesus for you on your behalf, and then you can be seated. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. This is unhurried, unrushed. We've got seven or eight or ten minutes, and then I'll uh, close our, our prayer time. But now's the time. Let's pray. And so, Lord Jesus, we do trust in you. We thank you that by your death on the cross 
and resurrection from the dead, you have made a way not only for our sin to be forgiven and cleansed and us to be healed spiritually, but that you're available to help us um, with the other million dollar problems that we have. You tell us to come boldly before your throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So do that now as we pray to you. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Now, it's your turn to pray. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you'd like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword dogwood to 779-77 or click the Give link online. You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video, and more.